Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Do you want to know the number one most common message I receive from listeners of this show? It's always something like this. Hey, Natalie, so I'm fully bought in on wanting to start or grow my short-term rental business, but I just don't know where to invest. How do I know if the property or market I'm looking at will be a good investment? Does that sound like you? You've been listening to all of the podcasts and reading all of the books on how to manage your place, but none of this education is going to mean anything if you don't first find the right property. This is why I am so excited to share with you that the team at STR Insights has launched a new service where they will help you find an investment property that meets your goals. Whether you're looking for cash flow, cash on cash return, or long-term appreciation, STR Insights will first help you define your goals and then identify the market and property that is right for you. The team is made up of STR investors and operators themselves, so they know what to look for in terms of a good market and property and will make sure that you can legally operate in the areas that they point you to. Right now, STR Insights is offering listeners of No Vacancy a free call to help first-time or seasoned investors find the next deal that will help you meet your goals. Just click the link in the show notes of this episode to book your call, and if you want to learn more, go back to episode 68 and check out my discussion with the STR Insights CEO, Kenny Bedwell. Like I said, they have a 100% success rate, so you have nothing to lose by scheduling your free call and getting you one step closer to finding that perfect deal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer, and today I have on two people that I know you have listened to before. I'm pretty sure every single one of my listeners also binges their podcast. We have the gals from Thanks for Visiting, Sarah Karakay and Annette Grant. Welcome, you two. I can't believe this is the first time having you here, but hello, welcome. Hello. We are so excited. So pumped. <laughs> this is a very surreal moment for me because your podcast was the first one that I ever found when I started hosting. I'll take you back in the day, but we were already running one property. We had then put a down payment on a second one and we're renovating that one. And I literally was like caulking the baseboards. It was like the last week before it was supposed to go live. And my dad sent me your podcast and was like, hey, check this out. There's two girls talking about short-term rentals. And I binged 18 episodes or whatever it was while I like finished caulking the baseboards. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not the only person in the world interested in this and who wants to talk about this. So your guys' show will always have a very special place in my heart. So it's very cool having you here today. We love that story. And tell your dad, thanks. Way yeah. to go, dad. We that. <laughs> um, for like the three people who maybe listen to the show and don't know who you are already, will you introduce yourselves to them? But I'm sure everybody who listens knows who you guys are. No, we appreciate that. I am Sarah Karakayan. 
I am Annette Grant, and together we are. Thanks, Thanks for visiting. <laughs> we literally can't show up together without doing that. Yeah, that's who we are. We've got a podcast. We short-term rent, and we are next level nerdy obsessed with all things short-term rentals. And we always like to include in our story because it matters that we met at a city council meeting. We were complete strangers, but we were both passionate hosts and our city was wanting to put in some rules and regulations. And so many hosts, hundreds of us showed up and showed out. And I sat next to Sarah and that's where our, you know, coffee talks and journey started. But it's really important for us to always mention that because when, if you hear whispers, if you haven't heard whispers in your city yet, you will at some point in time. And it does not mean that you are defeated, but it really matters to show up. And if you can show up before, so they already know who you are and there's a face to it before it gets to that, we really always encourage that. And if it's city council or a meetup, rent responsibly, like just try to lock arms with someone in your city, another host, because it's really important to your hosting journey and for the ecosystem of hosting everywhere. And you guys are in the Columbus, Ohio market, correct? How is regulation there right now? Do you feel like you've gotten ahead of it or is this a constant battle? No, we, since that, we had three meetings, what was that, 2018 when Mm -hmm. we met? That was it. So after that, we were battling whether or not we were going to be able to only host on weekends, which for us full-time hosts, that would have been not helpful at all. Like we would have had to like completely pivot our real estate investing strategies. But what they did instead was implement licensing. And we pay excise tax and we love that because that also helps us weed out bad operators here who don't want to follow rules and regulations. So as of now, and we are knocking on wood, we have a nice relationship with the city of Columbus and actually Ohio just passed legislation that in any city in Ohio, they won't be able to tell us how to use our our properties within reason, right? With proper regulations and taxation. So that's also pretty exciting for us. Within reason. (laughs) We all know what that means. (laughs) Okay. Love, love to see it. I cannot believe you guys only met in 2018 and everything that you've built together. When did your podcast start and how did you guys like come up with the idea to do it? Let's this is one of our favorite questions. Sarah was actually a guest on my podcast that has never hit the airwaves. It was a solo (laughs) podcast, The Art of Hosting. Yes, I was very artistic host, I guess. But Sarah was a guest. I sat sat down next to her at that city council meeting and we became friends and I asked her to be a guest on my show. And it was just, I'd done a lot of interviews that day. I was trying to batch them before releasing it. And Sarah was the last one. They saved the best for last. And there was just chemistry there. Her and her husband had just moved from New York City. They were, he's an architect. Sarah was interior design, stager. They could do DIY. Like they had a, they had bought a multifamily here and very different than my story of I was partnering with real estate developer and you don't want me to ever do any sort of interior design or (laughs) any DIY on your property. So we just have two very different stories and two very different personalities and how we hosted. And so after that day, I was like, I wanted, I was like, Hey, do you want to like do this together? I'm still, we're still trying to figure out how I like roped her in on that one. We don't know, but I just scrapped all those other episodes. There's somewhere on an SD card, I'm sure, you know, collecting dust. But that day we decided like, wait, we really like talking about this. And we know that there's gotta be other, like you were saying, <laughs> other hosts out there, like you, Natalie, 
like Sarah and I, when we met, like we, we would go to coffee and we'd talk about laundry and about early check-in, late checkout. Like, what do you do about this? What do you do about this? And like, I remember Sarah, one of our first hosting dates, she came over and organized my closets because I'm like, I know guests are seeing this and they, it is not a good representation. Like, cause we all know guests open every drawer. <laughs> they yeah. open every closet door. And I was like, everything else, I had my stuff together, but behind some of those closed doors, there were some skeletons in those closets. (laughs) They were not looking good. So Sarah came over and like organized every single one of my closets. And it just made me feel that much better about hosting. So it's kind of just taken off from there, quite honestly. How did you know that at that time, like there would be an audience for what you were doing. Like, cause I have to truly thank you guys for like paving the way for me. Like, because I saw what your show was doing, I was like, okay, like people might actually listen if I put this out there, but you guys, I think, I, I don't know if I'm correct on this. I feel like you are literally the number one short-term rental podcast. No, maybe. We'll, we'll go I with, cannot we'll think go with of that. anyone else. I, there's <laughs> huge real estate podcast out there, but yeah. like short-term rental specifically, I would argue you guys are the biggest. And how did you even know that there would be an audience for this? We didn't. We literally, we look back now, we're like, we really were just going for it with no guarantee at all. It wasn't this business plan, Natalie, right? Like it truly was built on, I used to blog and Nat wanted a podcast. We love the content and we just, we knew, we, I mean, we listened to podcasts ourselves. I grew up quote unquote on bigger pockets. So, but there was no business plan of like, okay, in three years, we're going to do this. Th- no, no, like <laughs> I was a property manager, realtor. My husband, and I flip houses. Like we were, this was like a side thing, a fun thing that we were doing. And then it caught some traction and, and yeah, we both were like, let's see wh- where this can take us. And so that's, it really wasn't like this planned And it's like one of our favorite things. And I want to offer two to listeners out there. I've hosted two, well, actually three different podcasts. So I've, I like love this medium. Podcasting is just, I I love listening to them. And so it was something that I was like, oh, I'm interested in that. So I do want to let listeners know that I've tried this before and it didn't stick, you know, and it was like, (laughs) those are still on the airwaves, but I don't participate in them anymore. But I think what it was too is, it was so awesome to be able to talk to other hosts and other people in the industry. It was like, I mean, it's so much fun. I think this is one of my favorite things to do when people ask me, you know, what do you love doing? I'm like, honestly, podcasting. Like, it's so fun because I feel like we get to learn every single time we press record and it's really special. Oh, I love that. What were the other podcast topics? Oh my gosh. Okay. I can tell you. So obviously it was the art of hosting that did not hit the airwaves. And then I was one of those called old school gym radio. I have business partners that own a gym. And so it would be all about the gym. Yes. Wow. Also honest e-commerce. I was had a storied history in e-commerce before this. So I was hosting a podcast about selling things online. (laughs) When I was younger, I always like told my mom randomly, I either wanted to be two very different people, but either the next Ellen, who I know she's controversial now, either the next Ellen or the next Megan Kelly, two very different people. But I was like, I want to like interview and talk to people either like more formally or more comedically. Like that was my thing. And this is before podcasting existed. So once podcast became a thing, I think I always knew I would have one, but there just wasn't like a topic yet where I was like, 
could I talk about this every single week till the end of time? Like, you know, is that going to exist? And then finally, short term rentals was what everything you said, like that became the topic for me. I was like, yes, I just love talking about it so much. I want to learn from people. So luckily people listen, but I feel like similar to you, I kind of just started because I just wanted to talk about it. It was like more for myself to like learn from people. So yeah. No, and kudos to you for doing it. Cause it's like, you are actually being able to do the Ellen and Megan Kelly thing. You've created, you, you know, that role for yourself. And that's what I do love about, that's what I love about hosting. You know, you can be your own small hotel, you know, you can be your own business owner, be your own boss. That's the opportunity we all have right now is to what is that dream in your head? And you can do it. If you have the vision, you can go after it. So I want to talk to you now after years of having your podcast, you guys are finally bringing it to life. You did your in-person event last October, I believe in Vegas, and you're bringing it back again in September in your hometown of Columbus. Tell us about the in-person event. Yeah, so we're calling it TFBCon, which we realize there are many people who don't know what TFB is, but thanks for visiting. <laughs> and it's a short-term rental conference for hosts by hosts. And we used to run a meetup here in Columbus via meetup.com. And we couldn't believe that we would fill, you know, an entire bar full of hosts and the connections we made there, the people we got to speak, it was just like awesome. And then of course COVID hit. So it was kind of like this rebirth of that whole effort. Yeah. And this year it's going to be in Columbus, Ohio. And actually, Natalie, we can be like, you're like one of the first people we're telling. We worked, and I know I'm sure you could tell us a story or two about hiring your celebrity keynote for Level Up Your Listing, but we didn't get it in time last year to do this. So this year we really wanted to bring someone who could get people excited to come to the conference. And so we've got Mina Starsiak-Hawk from Good Bones, HGTV. Oh, and cool. She is so close to us in Indianapolis. And she's a short-term rental owner and host herself. And also, you know, obviously yeah. renovator and interior designer. So she's going to come and speak. We're going to talk about raising capital. We're going to talk about short-term rental SEO optimization. So you can, I mean, everyone's talking about direct booking and it's like cool story, but how do I get found online? Right. Like, right. Traffic. We have, we have David Richter. He's going to talk about profit first for real estate. Our MC is fabulous. Her name is Ashley Nobles and her husband focused in location rentals. So think movies, film, commercials, you know, influencers, spaces, pure space. And they have been, wow. it. they've had everybody, you know, from Nike to Hallmark, you know, to someone wanting to have a corporate meeting at their spaces. And so we're really excited to bring some diversity in what you can do with your property to the conference. And what Sarah said, like, it's just, Four hosts, five hosts, getting hosts together yeah. in the same room. Our mission is always to, to up-level the hosting industry. And we think when we can all be in the same room together, magic happens. Yeah. And tell us what dates is it? Yeah. It's September 24th through 26th here in Columbus, Ohio. There are a lot of drivable destinations around Columbus, of course, with Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Cincy. But should you need to fly in, the airport is 10 minutes from the hotel. And then once you're there, you don't need a car. You can just walk around to like, I mean, dare I say hundreds of restaurants and cafes and shops. And if you use code Natalie at www.tfbcon.com, we'll get you 150 bucks off your ticket. And right now it's early bird and we'll let you stack it on there. We really want to fill up this hotel with hosts. We're excited for the content. Natalie, it is, we hope, content that isn't overdone. It yeah. is new and fresh. And we worked really hard because there's, you know, 
there's a lot of information that we need to keep repeating because it's very important, but we want to yeah. post a new lease on their hosting life because it's a little different now that the COVID wave has subsided in terms of forcing travelers to stay within driving distance. And so we've got to get creative and we really wanted to serve our audience with that content. Yeah, I really like the topics you picked. Those are really interesting. The location stuff and direct booking. My audience knows I've had a slight gripe with direct booking only because I feel like people bash and bash on Airbnb and say go direct. And I don't see real like real conversations on how to get people mm -hmm. to like Airbnb just has all of the trust in the industry. Like it, <laughs> people get scared booking on a random website that they're not familiar with. And so I love that you're going to be talking about actually how to get those <laughs> renters to come over there. These are great topics and great speakers that you guys have pulled together. So congrats. Like Sarah said, the code is Natalie and the website is tfvcon.com. Yep. Okay. And we'll link that yep. below. Okay. While I have you guys here today, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things that I know you guys are notorious for bringing up and that is your inspector that comes in after the cleaner and then also you guys are two of the only people that I see talking about how important it is to know your numbers in the business and these are two topics that I have not covered yet on the show so I know they're kind of random things to bring up and sort of different but this is what I've like come to know you guys for and where what I have learned a lot from you on so if you guys are open to it can you share some secrets on this stuff yeah, where yes. do you start? Well, I'll, I can share a little bit on the inspector side because my personality, Natalie, is, um, you know, I, I can say this because I am obsessive compulsive disorder. Like I am very exact and precise and I care very much about symmetry and things. So that's always been a big part of my brand, both the Sarah Caracane brand and also my hosting brand. And so I worked in hotels and restaurants prior to starting our hosting company and having a, like a, another layer, a trust but verify, has always been a part of the process in restaurants and hotels. And so when I started the hosting company, I knew it was important that you couldn't leave that first impression to your guest, to the cleaning team, not because they're not capable, because quite frankly, it's not their job, in my mm -hmm. opinion. They've got so much. They got, I always say like they have a mountain that they walk into after a guest stay. And their focus is the clean and the sanitation of the property, right? It's not necessarily their job to, to tailor the stay to the guest and why they're coming. So a handwritten note or something special to uplevel their stay, make sure the safety items in the home are top notch. And truly, it really helps you ensure those five-star reviews, which as you know, because we agree with you, Natalie, like we're, we've never hated on the Airbnb platform. They bring us most of our leads. Well maybe about half of our leads now, but it does matter that these OTAs that you perform well on them and cleaning is super heavily rated. And yeah. those touches about, you know, not even before they get into the property, like it being well lit and it looking proper, right? Like, especially the cleaning team that's good. They may not have all the time to, to do all those checkpoints. So we've always championed having an inspector or you can call them, you know, your property coordinator or your detailer. There's a lot of different names that you can give them. But it is just this great trust but verify process and allows you to add an extra layer of personalization before that guest checks in. Your show was the first time I ever heard this concept of having an inspector. And it blew my mind because I've run into this with cleaners so many times where it's like, I how many times do I have to ask you to just like put this vase of flowers here instead of here? And they can't. And I always have come at that as like, 
trying to be annoyed, but like, or trying not to be too annoyed and be like, okay, well, they did leave it clean. Does it really matter that things weren't staged the exact way? And when I heard you talking about this, it was like, oh my God, like light bulb moment. Like you're right. It's not their job. They cleaned the entire thing. I have a right to like want the vase somewhere, but it's, I don't have a right to like expect them to do it. And it completely just blew my mind having this like additional role. But of course, like the first question that comes to mind is like pricing. We are trying to make a profit. So how much are you paying the inspector? What does that look like? Yeah. And I wanted to mention that too, because I definitely don't want to be insensitive to posts out there that have one property and you know the numbers are super tight. Maybe you're more of a metro stay and so your average daily rate is lower. So you definitely have to keep, we'll talk about that next, your numbers in mind. But there are a lot of different ways you can pay your inspector. You can pay them per inspection, which it's tougher to do that because just think of yourself. If you're going to get out of your house and do something, you want to make it worth your while, right? You could pay them an hourly rate. You could find someone who is doing this for other hosts so that you guys can come in on this together and share this boots in the ground person to help you to make the cost more affordable. What else? Oh, they can also, these people don't only have to inspect, especially if you're a remote host, they could do your inventory. They can help with, with messaging with the guests. If you want to take that off your hands, maybe you work a full-time job or you're a full-time stay-at-home parent and you want to be able to focus on buying the next property. So think about the other things this person could be doing for you to make that investment worth it for you. The other option is, let's say, is you still have your turnover team, and you are the inspector. Yeah. You, you wear that hat and or it is possible, you know, that you give your turnover team two roles and they understand that they're two separate roles. So, you know, if it comes down to it, let's say there's two people that clean the property, three people that clean the property. Okay, they're done. They go outside for a second. Everybody, like the inspector comes in with a fresh set of eyes and it's a different job and they can be compensated for that. So it can still, you could get creative with your turnover team, but be very clear that it is two different jobs and you could pay them like, hey, cleaning is this. And then you're going to come and inspect. And there are, you know, there are different results from both of those, but you can get creative on, you know, making sure that the inspector role is taken care of. That is such good advice because for me, I am in a remote, like small mountain town and it's just so hard to find talent. And so I'm like, the struggle I went through just to find my cleaners, like now I got to find an inspector, like this isn't going to happen. But who I have right now, it's a couple, they're engaged. And usually my like cleaner, she comes in and cleans everything. And then her fiance is our handyman. So she'll be at a unit and be like, get over here. The towel rack is broken. Like, can you screw this in? And I'm almost wondering if I could give him the inspector role now and just define like when she's done, I need you to go in and be that final checkpoint, that fresh set of eyes, like you said. So it can be the same team, but just defining that the roles are different. Right. Because let's say a guest has, you know, this never happens, but like, let's say a guest <laughs> checks in and like, they're like, hey, the Netflix isn't working or like, X, Y, Z. You'll know it. there's a couple of things the floor is dirty or there's, you know, dust or debris. Well, that would be a cleaning issue. If, you know, some, the Wi-Fi wasn't checked or the door code isn't working, that's an inspector problem. So you, okay. you can define, let's say this duo that you've got going on. Yeah. It's very clear sometimes who should have been responsible for what. So I think that's one way that you can, when you define those roles and they have different checklists, then you could help to, to pinpoint 
where the fault came in. Here's the thing. We have to all remember too, the final trust but verify is our guest. And so if a guest says something, you know, I make it a very, it's part of our team culture over at our business that, you know, we have the cleaning checklist, we have the inspector checklist. And in our company, it's two different people, but they all know that ultimately the guest is going to tell on all of us if we miss something. Right. And so we have that checklist and I always tell them like the checklist isn't there because I think that you're not capable of doing the job that you are a professional at. It's because we're always pulled into all these different directions, right? Whether their other client is pinging them or if their kids are all the things in life that are, that are pulling you in different directions. This checklist is really that these little mini contracts, every box you check, whether it's something, a software or a you know piece of paper that is on some sort of like behind glass with a dry erase. I mean, there are so many ways to get creative. You don't have to spend money, but that all these checkboxes are little contracts between us saying that you've actually done this, right? You've actually opened the fridge and checked. You've actually opened up the freezer. You've emptied the vacuum canister. And this is you telling me you've done that, right? So it's just this like checks and balances, the system that you have in place. And I'm telling you, I promise you, Natalie, and all your listeners, your reviews will improve. Like they, there's, they will. And it's a, impacts your bottom line, like the amount of hosts that Sarah and I talk to and the refunding that they do, the refunding is happening because they do not have an inspector. And so mm. you might think in the beginning, this is a huge expense. Look at what your refunds have been, mm. and what those reasons were. And I bet you they could all be eliminated if you have like a f- large portion of them yeah. to be eliminated and, or your reviews could also would be impacted by making sure that inspector. So I know sometimes it's a hard, like, you know, we're all looking at our numbers, paying attention to them, but it is an investment. And the one thing I want to offer before we move over to numbers is, you know, this is an asset. You are, you know, whether you're co-hosting or it's your own place, like you're managing your asset. And so you are going to have to invest in it. We hope everyone is doing this for the long term, And so Having someone just that second set of eyes, the biggest thing too with the inspector is double checking that safety. And for us, we use Breezeway and we're taking pictures. So if someone says this was broken or not fixed, we're like, no, like we were just there. We took a picture. The pool cover was on. The hot tub cover was on and locked. The pool gate was locked. The dishwasher was completely empty. We have a picture of, you know, those type of things where it matters, you know, so if there are any safety issues or claims, there's also things to back that up. So I just want to offer that. Don't just look at it as an expense. Look at it as an investment in your portfolio, that that team member. That's a great way to think about it. Like in a way, you're going to spend that money regardless. You can either spend it correcting the error or preventing it. And if you're on the, you know, playing offense instead of defense, you also get more reviews and everything. I think that definitely helps you in the long run. What is like a fair, I know you said, you don't really like to just pay the inspector like per inspection. You try to have them more on like a, I don't know, month to month role or something like that. What is like a fair compensation? Do you go a percentage route of commissions or just a flat monthly fee? All of those things work. We personally, because of our revenue in our company, we do an hourly rate. I think right now we're at 19 or 20 bucks an hour. Okay. I think it's somewhere around there though, but there are people who do retainers or reservation, or I love that Natalie, a percentage of the stay, right? Maybe you're in an area where your cleaning fee, you make a little bit money in your cleaning fee. So part of it goes to the cleaning team, part of it goes to your inspector or unit. Okay. There are so many ways to do it, but I know that having a number is helpful. And so we do an hourly base and our team starts at our checkout is at 10 
and check-ins at four. And so they start their day at 9.30 and they end it at 4.30 every single day. And they do a lot more than inspections, but that's how we are set up. What time do you try to get the inspector in there? Like, do you have a cutoff for your cleaners to give that inspector enough time before check-in? Yeah. So we tell all of our cleaning team that they need to be done by 3 p.m. Okay. That way if they go to like 3.15, 3.20, like we're going to be fine. We also recently, maybe like last year, started pre-inspections. So let's say a cleaner can't get there until 11 or noon or 1. Our inspection team will go in there prior. And whether it's bring the laundry from off-site or if it's on-site or did they start the dishwasher, like anything that would impact a cleaner from not doing their best possible work, our inspectors can help before they start as well. So like, there's tons of things. And then of course there's inventory counting that they do and all sorts of things. But I know I gave you more than you asked Natalie, but yeah. No, that's a really good thing too. Cause yeah, sometimes my cleaner comes in and they're the first ones to spot like something's broken and it's mm -hmm. their job, like you said, to clean and not really like stop and take pictures and document it and send it to me. So if you have somebody go in early to catch that, you can already be like on the phone coordinating the repair or getting the handyman there while all they have to do is clean. That's a great idea. And we do like we it does like we understand that we are in a metro market like there we are hosting multifamily. So, you know, people can go in ahead of time and look at several units. So if you are listening to this episode, please like. Don't think you have to do all of these things either because we understand like, you know, your property might be very rural out in the, you know, like it might take an hour or two to get there. So you are going to have to make things work. So this works for us because of the location that we're in. So we just want to offer that up to you. You might have to get creative with your pay because maybe it, you have one property that's really far away. So you might have to maybe make a monthly guarantee and there's some other things that they can do for you offsite. So yes, you know, <laughs> take this information, but you do have to make it your own. That works for you financially. We, it needs to be a win-win for every, for everybody. Sure. Okay. So I actually think that these, I thought these topics were unrelated, but I feel like it actually leads in perfectly to knowing your numbers, because like we said, like in a way you're going to spend that money regardless. So how do you, this is another thing you guys talk about that I don't really see other hosts discussing, but how do you know your numbers and actually tell if you're profitable how do you budget to give refunds every year if you need to? How do you know you have the money to afford an inspector and these extra services? Break this down for us. I think the key here we'll tell everybody is that I would say that Sarah and I are very conservative. So first of all, we want to start knowing your numbers before you even purchase the property. Okay. And I know some listeners are like, well, great. I've already purchased it. But right. <laughs> you have that luxury please really do this analysis ahead of time. Okay. And so we always encourage everyone. Again, we have that luxury here in our city that if we're going to purchase something, we can look at it as a long-term rental, a midterm rental, and a short-term rental. And then also just an overall exit. So, you know, we want to make sure that if, you know, that purchase is going to work in any of those scenarios. Okay. So we don't hedge our bets that this property is only going to work if it has it. 80% occupancy, short-term rental, that's the only way. Because then you're really, your back is up against a wall if you're not hitting those numbers. So the first thing we want to say is, please, we would like you to, if you could, don't just run, you know, 
one scenario when you're purchasing a property. Think about if you could have a couple of different diversification in how you're going to use the property might help you out there. Especially let's say some sort of, some sort of regulations do come in. You know, you don't want to be caught holding the bag per se. So that's number one. Number two is really understanding your cost per reservation. So we think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of spreadsheets out there that are for long-term rentals. And we all mm. know that long-term rentals are so different than short-term rentals. So obviously the furnishings are involved, but we want you to really understand your cost per reservation. You need to take in, you know, those expenses that you're going to have all year, no matter if you're hosting one guest or 100 guests. So let's say those are just your overall business expenses. Let's say it's your mortgage, your taxes, your homeowner's insurance, your short-term rental insurance, not air cover. Please, everyone <laughs> get short-term rental insurance specifically. You know, those are things that you are going to have to cover. Doesn't matter how many reservations. The thing where I think people get caught up are those expenses per reservation. You know, so what is your toilet paper, your paper towels, your coffee, your cleans? Those are the type of things that you really want to start to take a look at and get some averages of how many reservations do I think I'm going to have? How is that going to impact me on a monthly basis? And there's two huge things that I think people underestimate. One is their tech stack. And, you know, I think we all get kind of shiny object syndrome and we add this app and we add this thing and, yeah. you know, we want to buy this amenity and we kind of stack things on. And at the end of the month, you're like, whoa, that really impacts the bottom line. So we say integrate those things slowly, like one at a time and understand when you have something that's, you know, a monthly recurring charge, it's monthly recurring. It's coming back yeah. every month. And then the biggest thing we see hosts making this and we, and by the way, the reason we are offering all this up because we've made all these mistakes <laughs> is not tracking any of your time. That is like, it, you might think that you are like really crushing it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much of my personal time on my property. And we really want you to understand like that needs to be a line item in your spreadsheet for a couple of reasons. Number one. We hope that you're crushing it and you're going to grow your portfolio. And what would it cost to hire your right-hand person? Like if you have no idea how much time you're spending. So I want you to do it in thinking of a growth strategy. And that person might be your sister-in-law. I had my sister-in-law. It might be your best friend. It might be your husband. But if you don't have any sort of idea of how much time you're spending, you're never going to be able to understand that. So even if you're not quote unquote paying yourself, please have that what you would pay someone if you were going to, you know, hire that out. And that is just a really big mistake we see people making there. So really look at your cost per reservation and start planning out, you know, your whole entire year. And the one thing we also see hosts make a big mistake on is we get so frantic and focused on like the month right ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And every time we ask hosts to zoom out, <laughs> they're like, oh, this isn't like, the worst month ever. I'm actually doing <laughs> last year, you know? So we always want you to keep historicals. I think those will give you a lot of comfort in those days that are really hard, or you're like this month, what's going on? You look back, you're like, oh, we actually just had someone on our team, Colleen. She was like beating herself up. She thought that a property had a terrible month. She was like, this is awful. She looked the property and made $4,000 more in that month than it had the year prior when she thought it was like 
barely scraping by, you know, and it was like, sometimes we just have to always have those historicals so you can zoom out, see what's happening, and it helps you plan for the next year. So those are just, the last word on numbers is they will never be perfect. We see hosts have, I call it perfection paralysis because they want every cell in a spreadsheet. They want everything in QuickBooks or whatever their accounting software to be like, oh, well, this box of tissue and this and that. And oh, like, well, I went to Costco, but some of that stuff was for me and that property. Like it gets all muddy there. Number one, keep your business and personal separate, but don't stress over the perfection because we see so many people that just ignore their numbers because Mm -hmm. they think they have to know exactly to the penny you like, we are always going to be a work in progress on that. So do not let that pause you on getting started that perfectionism. There's that concept that comes from physics. I remember this from high school and they say like the act of observing something changes the thing being observed. And I feel like that applies here. Like even if you don't get it perfect, just the fact that you're tracking it, it's going to help you so much in like being aware of what's going in and out. I want to ask you though, with the cost per reservation, do you try to have like a, like a, whatever flat rate sort of of like every reservation gets this much toilet paper this much coffee or are you changing it based on how long they stayed or how many days they booked so yes yeah. so we actually built out a calculator natalie again we're crazy people <laughs> we actually partnered with a short-term rental like accounting expert because <laughs> Sarah and i couldn't no uh, we're... have the capability she crushed it for us yes so like and so you're not wrong like it depends on how long a guest is staying right and of course, if you have multiple properties, that number is going to change as well. Do two bedroom, three bath, four bath, right? That all changes. But yes, there is a calculator that helps you. And this is why it's nice if you do it before you buy a property. So when you're putting in your pro forma, what you think those expenses are going to look like, you can also start figuring out your pricing strategy, right? So, okay, if I've got a stay that's three days or less, we can offer it at this rate as our base rate. Or if they're saying this long, midterm rentals are all the chat right now. Well, pricing is completely different for midterm rentals. And so if you have a hybrid model and you're one property that sometimes you do short, sometimes you do longer stays, this calculator really helps you understand what you can afford. Because if you plug the numbers in and then you're like, okay, this is what I want to like sell my rental at. And the market is not going to support what you want. The market wins every time. There is a market for short-term rentals and it is dictated by consumers and what they're willing to pay for your space. Obviously you can adjust that with your amenities and with your design and decor and your marketing. Sure. But it's still, that's reality. And so having some sort of understanding of how much toilet paper you put in for how long the guests stay, how much paper towel you offer. Do you do coffee and popcorn and all those things that we love to do? And I'm sure Natalie, like your community is very similar to ours. We're like, unlike other communities where like, it's like, you guys, you need to add some stuff here to make yourself stand out. Our community tends to like go overboard. Yeah. This is the opposite problem. Like you don't need all that. Trust me. What Sarah's saying here is excellent because, you know, maybe you're offering, you know, there's maybe it's snacks, maybe it's beverages. And it's like, wait a second. Like there could be some, let's say bathroom. There's certain things that maybe you're giving to every guest that at the, you know, compounded over a hundred reservations a year. Like that could be a big deal on what, you know, your profitability. So those little things creep in. And I think one of the things we didn't mention that's on the spreadsheet too, and I think this besides time, I think this is another one that gets really overlooked is laundry. Like 
there is like, there is a huge expense in linens and doing the laundry and, you know, whether you take it off site or you do it on site and the water and electricity and just the usage, like that is something that you need to be calculating into that stay. And depending on how many beds you have, you know, it's actually one of the first like five columns on our spreadsheet is all about laundry and what size the beds are. And there are national averages Hosting hot tip here, everybody, there are national averages out there for vacation rentals of like the cost of laundry. And so we even start there with people and like, I don't know where to start. We're like, let's put this in there, you know, and like what those linens are going to cost you and that cost of replacing it too. That's the one other thing I think people really leave out. You're going to have to, you can't just rake in all this dough and not replace things. Okay. <laughs> like that needs to be a line item of like continuing those capital improvements. What are some other things that you're going to need to rehab? planning for that new couch, that new rug, those things that are going to have to be replaced. You can't just use the same thing for year over year. We have one unit that it's cute, but I can tell like the style has been a little bit outdated and we just kept putting off the like decor refresh because I think we were like, oh, there's not enough money. There's not enough money. And when we finally looked at it, we were like, oh, like we have thousands that we could like drop on this like we totally could and so we're redecorating it right now I'm actually going up this weekend to paint two murals which I've never done before so we'll see how that goes but we're like reinvesting in this one unit and it was just so good to see like guilt-free and be like oh I can 100% justify like we are dropping I think like seven grand on like new decor new artwork and stuff and like it just feels good to do that from a place of like we've worked towards it we can improve the listing rather than like Oh God, we have to, like, here's another expense. Do you, in your calculator, when you talk about knowing your numbers, do you budget every year for an amount going towards improving the listing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Capital improvements. I mean, it's not, you know, on the property itself, like upgrading your HVAC or something that's a part of the property or structure, but absolutely. And of course that's going to depend on how many square feet you have to Im- improve, but Having those ad hocs, those Mm -hmm. preparing for ad hocs, I should say, right? There's also things, those things that we don't know. Like I have a a fourplex and all of a sudden water started coming through our ceiling fan and our roof is not old. You guys like what is happening? And so, but thank goodness we've budgeted a certain amount for these things that quote unquote, you call them unknowns. But if you've been listening to any real estate on any podcast or any blog, we, you know, to be prepared for these capital expenditures that are going to happen. So five, 10% at least saving towards that. And just having a little stash is going to like make your life so much better. Where can our listeners find this amazing calculator you're referring to? (laughs) Okay. So we're not going to lie to you. We, first of all, we had it for ourselves and then we shared it with our community only like, cause we have a membership, but we are seriously considering sharing it with all the peoples. The reason why we didn't Natalie, to be fair is because it's not this like easy thing. Like we have little videos, you know, cause like people have questions yeah. about, we show you how to pull your reservations from Airbnb and from VRBO and like, and your property management software, if you've got it. And like, it's not the most easy to just like onboard. So we were afraid that people would get it. And like, but anyway, no, you can't get it right now. Right now you can't, <laughs> but you, I mean, you can inside our hosting business, Mathley membership, it is there. And we actually, to piggyback off what Sarah said, like, We have the person, her name is Corey, and Corey actually, she comes on each month to walk through this numbers, we call it Mm -hmm. our numbers hub, because it is super involved. And so it is helping you forecast your business. So it's something that we have coaching around too. And 
you know, people asking specific questions. So we've been testing it behind, you know, I'd say paywall in our membership for almost two years now. And we're trying to figure out because it is really like, we don't want people being more frustrated right. starting it than they were before they got it. But let me offer this too, Natalie, is just to get everyone under like the business we're running short-term rentals is one of the most difficult accounting and bookkeeping <laughs> adventures you could take. I promise you, like, this is why it's a huge pain point. So if anyone out there wants to like come up with a software solution, it, it is. So I don't want to like say that. And Annette and I are very clear that we are not your ladies. If you want this, like get, you know, here's a solution by like yeah. waving a wand. It's not possible. So if you really want to understand your numbers and really plan your business numbers accordingly, it's going to take, it's going to take some time. It's going time. to take time to set it up and it is going to take time every single month yes. to stay on top of it too. And the last thing we want to say on numbers in this, I truly want everybody to know this is like, they are so incredibly fun. Mm. There, it might be some kicking and screaming and crying to get there, but it is empowering it is fun and it's exciting to see where you've been, where you are and where you're going to go. And so that's, that's why we're all doing this anyways, right? Like truth, truly at the end of the day, unless you're not charging anybody anything it, <laughs> to, for the, to, you know, invest in your portfolio and hopefully there's funds there for your family. So I just want to say that I think people get stunted too because of the fear, but it can be really fun. We just, it, it, it might not be the most fun in the beginning, but you got to get through it, put those reps in and it can be really fun once you have it all figured out. I believe that completely. Cause I know like when I look at my payouts, it'll be like, Oh my God, I got $2,000 after this stay. Like, that's great. But there's always that voice in the back of my head. That's like, well, what about the amount you paid to cleaning and the amount going to taxes? And I always like stop myself from truly like appreciating it. And I do believe like, if you know, like, no, I kept this much. It's so empowering to know that. So exactly. I believe that wholeheartedly, but do not apologize for keeping it for your members. Like <laughs> this is such valuable information. It should not be out there for free. So well, you guys, but everything that we just offered to you, I mean, we gave you a pretty great yeah. rundown of like things that people, the biggest thing that I think we just gave is like the things that people don't include on it. And so you really need to include those things. And really the perfectionism part is for everybody. You could open up an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, a Google sheet right now and just everyone knows at least 10 expenses and just start, you know, brainstorming, get them out, put an estimate, put an estimate. If you have a property, if you don't have a property, you just got to start somewhere. Thank you guys so much. This was such good info. And just before we wrap up, I want to give one more shout out to tfvcon.com and use code Natalie. That's in Columbus, Ohio, September 24th through 26th. So hopefully you guys all go. I think the speakers and the content you have lined up sounds really amazing. And those are the exact pain points that I think hosts are struggling with right now. So great job with all of that. Thank you both so much for being here. This was such a pleasure and just really cool experience having you guys on my own show. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, we have one of the most self-righteous, pretentious posts I have ever read. And this one had a lot of likes and comments, so I would not be surprised if you guys saw this one as well. As usual, this came from a hosting Facebook group, my favorite place to find content for this. Uh, let's just read this post, shall we? 
This person said, Working on my exit slash retirement plan from being a full-time host for far too long now, probably going to sell my first few properties sometime this calendar year, with the goal being to entirely get rid of them in five years. Most of my properties are in areas that are primarily vacation slash summer houses. I met with my attorney on Friday and I am considering selling these with a covenant that they can't be used as STRs because I'd prefer for someone to live in them full time. I admit I've helped contribute to unaffordable housing in my area over the past 15 years and I would like to make up for that in some way by making sure the housing can be used as full time housing. Curious as to what others plan to do with their time once they retire. What is your exit plan from this industry? Are you kidding me? This guy, this guy is going to come to a hosting Facebook group, admit that he's made money off of multiple properties for 15 years, and now come in with this patronizing attitude of, I admit that I've contributed to the affordable housing crisis and I am so much better than you guys because I'm planning to put this covenant in and I'm such a better person than all of you peasants out here. Are you kidding me? This is so disrespectful. And how I know that this guy is so effing full of SHIT is because if if he cared so much, if this guy was so genuinely altruistic that he wanted to house a family, what is with this five-year plan? What's that about? Why is he even selling his house at all? Why not just donate it? Why not just donate your house to, to a family in need? What? What? He comes in here acting like, oh my God, I'm so wonderful. He made his money and now he is going to stay for five more years, make even more money and then make a profit off the house. But he's such a better person than me and you and everybody on this Facebook group. Awesome. Awesome. Now, the comments came in and absolutely roasted this guy, which I love to see. And he added a note to his original post and said, edit, apparently I struck a nerve. I didn't realize that you would all be so upset because my 27 properties will be sold with restrictions to ensure that they are used for full-time residences. Thanks for confirming that I made the right decision. Okay, so why did he come ask us for advice? Why did he come to the group and ask for advice when everybody told him their thoughts? And then he said, thanks for confirming I made the right decision. So you didn't want our advice at all. Okay. Now, one girl commented and said, interesting. Well, I suggest you also make sure that you don't sell at a profit over what you paid for. Keeping your price super low will help create affordable housing. He commented and said, it's a free market. Are you kidding me? The audacity of this guy to throw the free market argument, which I agree it is a free market, not calling that out, but it is also a free market for short-term rentals. He is trying to come in here and act like doing short-term rentals is so unethical and he's this amazing person because he's switching to LTR or he's not even switching to LTR. No, he still wants to make his money for five more years and then have somebody else switch to LTR for him. Okay, got it. So he thinks it's apparently so unethical to be a short-term rental host. Sir, I present you with the argument free market. There is a demand for short-term rentals, people who cannot afford hotels, people who have bigger groups traveling than hotels. He also said that his properties are in primarily tourist destinations. How do you even know that there's going to be a demand for housing there? It might just be a tourist destination where people are not living year-round. Free market. 
free market, dude. If you're going to throw that argument out, I'm going to throw it right back at you. He is acting like it's just so unethical to be the short-term rental host, but the free market called for it. If there was no demand for us, we wouldn't be doing any of this. So fine, if he's oversaturated or something and wants to switch to long-term rentals for that reason, then fine, free market. But don't throw that argument out. Oh, well, I can charge and make a profit off my home because free market. Really? You just came in here and bashed all of us and said that you want to create affordable housing. Loved this comment from this guy, Steve, who said, So you are basically just here to make an announcement. You're not really here looking for ideas on how to spend your free time in five years, are you? You have to ask yourself, is this the best way to announce that you are leaving the business, restricting short-term rental use, all while covering it up as a way to ask the question, what are you going to do with your spare time when you develop your exit plan? I've read through some of your comments. My favorite is I can and I will to those STR hosts who dare question your intentions. This feels like the perfect recipe for an odd flex. Add equal parts odd flex, smoke trolling, and self-righteous holiness to a big batch of sarcasm. Nailed it. Nailed it. It is so messed up to me that this guy would make all this money from doing this. And then as soon as he's ready to leave, it's just like pulling the rope ladder up with him, not letting anybody else come in and benefit from the properties that he's created, benefit from the structure that he's been able to to build his life off of. It's so messed up. And I hate this whole idea of like, oh, well, you know, unaffordable families are the only ones that that are out there to be helped. What about the hosts who this is their livelihood, who maybe cannot work, who are not capable of having another job and being able to host a short term rental remotely is their source of income? Who is he to decide what type of way of making money or helping is ethical or not? I cannot stand this. And just the fact it's just dripping with the hypocrisy that he made his money this way pisses me off so much. All I could think about when I first read this post was Taylor Swift. We got to bring it back to Taylor Swift and the line. Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguised as altruism like some kind of congressman. That is what I think when I hear this. This guy is trying to act like he's so generous and altruistic. We all see that this is clearly disguised as him. He posted this wanting to get praise for how wonderful he is and how he's just thinking about the little guy out there and wants to create affordable housing. If you really do, prove it. Sell your properties right now and sell them at no profit. That's what I want to see and then I'll believe you. You, sir, are the Airbnb hole. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!